We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Continuing on our series, Fern, all about intensity, all about getting members to understand intensity, which we spoke about recently. Today, we're continuing and we're talking about now putting it into practice, putting it into play. How do we actually get the members to hit intensity and most importantly, understand the intended stimulus? That's kind of one of those jargon phrases these days, you know, preserve the intended stimulus. Get rid of half your members. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> the, the, uh, it, it's, it's probably one of the number one questions that gets brought up. Top, it's, it's top three questions. I think that gets brought up in either a level one or level two setting, which is I've got an athlete that X and then they present somebody who kind of doesn't want to abide. You know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of things that could be done leading up to the three, two, one go that could prevent that, um, both in the class and just on an ongoing basis with inside the affiliate. So some of this is a, it's kind of like two separate, separate conversations that need to be had here. One of them, one of them is the culture problem that might be, that may exist within the affiliate. And then the other one is the tactical answer, which I think is what more people are looking for. Like with inside the 60 minute window of my CrossFit class, like how do I get people to follow the rules? You know, like, you know, so now there is some overlap with those two. Um, but my question to you is, do you actually even still know how to do that? Like when's the last time you coached a class, bro? I coached three classes last night. Last night? Yeah. How much downtime did you need after that? Oh, 14 hours. I just, <laughs> just woke up. literally just woke up just now. <laughs> it's it's, it's I, noon on it's noon mountain time. <laughs> I um I'm on a schedule for three classes every Monday, four, five, and six. And then I would say I probably wind up covering one one set like three class block of every other week so i probably coach on average four or five hours a week oh good for you i mean you're probably still suck but that's, that's better yeah that's i mean i'm I not thought. good i'm the worst coach in the box but uh <laughs> it's better that's more than i thought i'll tell you one thing one thing that has not changed is three hours in a row is rough three classes in a row is is it's tough. I would recommend that at most boxes. Back to back to back is tough. Yeah. You can do way more if there's a break. Four, five, six. I mean, it's a right. straight shot. Um, yeah. It's it, it works at this box because the four o'clock is typically busiest and most energy. And then the six. You can ride that into the. Yeah. yeah. And then by the time the six comes, it's usually a little more quiet. It's the people that are just there to go. It's, it's more you're en- controlling your own energy. Yeah, but um, I I enjoy it. I prefer two in a row, but I you know I can handle. It. I just I enjoy coaching. There are definitely times where I leave the house and like uh, I'd rather be you know Fern jokes the quote downtime like that's my definition of just like laying on the take couch. A nap. Yeah, <laughs> take a I, nap. I love just laying down and reading or you know 
watching a movie. So I have to remind myself when I leave how much I truly enjoy coaching. It's, it's fun. Most of all of your downtime is going to just disappear. Once I'm nervous about that. Once that little baby comes. Hopefully like, she's I'm like a, Rocky and she just sleeps I remember, on me. Uh, here, no, that I can just, I can just tell you right now that the three things I ask my son every single time I see him, what are you doing? Where did you get that? And why are you doing that with that thing that you have? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question for just about any, anybody. But, you know, bringing it back to stimulus, you kind of mentioned people bringing it down. I also think we have to address the people that need to bring it up. For sure. I had a, so I coached two classes at Aircoaster 9 and the 1030, and I had a kind of going back to our previous episode, one of the members, I love her. She's staple in that kind of 9, 1030 slot. She's like a soccer mom. I don't know if her kids play soccer, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. She's like, she doesn't really work, but she's got, you know, a house full of kids. And Going through the warm-up, everything was good. So it's a lot of banter in those in those time frames. Everybody's laughing. It's jovial. Like we're going through and the workout was double unders. Uh what's the second movement? I already forgot. It was like three hours ago. Um oh, dumbbell snatch and a weighted step up. And I could tell, like, as we got into round one, she was like shot. And then she wasn't doing anything. Like all the weights and everything were appropriate. Like she just wasn't ready to do this 15 minute AMRAP. So I walked by one time and I was like, Hey, just, just move around. And then I walked by like a couple minutes later and I was like, ditch the other dumbbell and just do one dumbbell weighted step up. And she was like, all right, good. I just like, and she ditched that other dumbbell so quick. Like before I even finished the sentence, she was like, thank you for giving me permission to do this. And that's, I think is something we have to keep in mind is that going back to what we talked about before, like she hadn't had, I forced the issue of intensity there that would not have gone well. For her, just coming in and getting it done, checking the box, that was the win for today. And it was relatively high intensity. I mean, she didn't stop moving. You know, she's doing double unders, dumbbell snatch, weighted step up, 15 minutes. And I think she got five in some five rounds and some change, you know, and each round is 70 something reps. So, I mean, like it was a good workout for her, but recognizing visually what I'm seeing with regard to like how she's dealing with this, we just, I just made the call right there. And that is appropriate for her. And I should, I, I could have potentially made it earlier, but I didn't get those indications until after three, two, one go. Everything was fine up until that point. But then I just made the call. I was like, hey, just dial it back. It doesn't matter. Just move. It's fine. I was like, now get rid of the other dumbbell. Don't worry about it. And she was way happier that, that way. And so for me, that's a win. It's just like, did she, did she do the workout as our you know, prescribed? No, but who cares? Well, that, that reminds me of something. Some- there's two things people had sent us actually that I want to address. One of which was somebody in response to the quote about being embarrassed of the coach we were from a couple of weeks ago, sent me a quote from the beastie boys. And I remember watching it in their documentary earlier this year where Adam Yauk said, I'd, I'd rather be a hypocrite than be the same person I was. And for sure, you know, he, he was, talking in, in response to kind of the way that the Beastie Boys treated women, especially in their music. And then later on in a song like Sure Shot, where he has this epic quote about, you know, the disrespect of women has got to be through. And I think that's the same thing. Like we use the word embarrassed, but it's like, yeah, I'd rather be embarrassed or I'd rather be a hypocrite than be who I was a year ago. Right. And in that situation, I think sometimes coaches let their ego get in the way. Yeah, yeah, 
I know I told you go RX today. That's my bad. Drop down and wait. Right. And and because otherwise you make you're putting it on them and you're making them feel bad. But now you're saying, hey, I messed up. And what I think is important there is a little bit more of a meta conversation. And because I, I was I was actually thinking about this during the class. I'm like thinking about the conversations we've had. And I'm thinking about that scenario that just unfolded. Thinking about me? No, no. Um, usually when I think about you, I'm like in the middle of a workout and I'm like, I fucking hate that guy. I thought you were going to say um, something completely different, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, now the listeners are curious what you're, what you're thinking about. The, <laughs> they know, um, they know. Right. The, uh, no, but what the, um, what I was thinking about is like, what's most important when people walk in the door? And to me, the, the answer that I came to was that they feel safe and cared for. Right, that they don't feel like they're going to walk in and be forced into a scenario that they're not prepared for or don't want to deal with. And I think we just have to remember that from a coaching standpoint. It's like, yes, we need to get them on target. And when I say on target, I mean get them to the intended stimulus. But right before that is that we need to make sure that they're safe and that they feel safe. Right? There's a difference between internal versus external rotation safe. And they come in feeling like this is a safe space and that we're going to do what's right for them, which is in a many instances, not dial up the intensity when they're not ready for it or they don't want it. And today was a perfect example of that. And I had, there was a couple other people in there going full ham in the class. And I was like, go faster, stop your, your, your sandbagging. Like, let's go. But that wasn't the case with this, with my other client, because that wasn't appropriate for her. Um, well, and I think so, safety is also synonymous with judgment. So part of them feeling safe is not just, physically safe, but mentally and emotionally safe. Like I'm not going to judge you right, for that's, wanting to and, go easier. And that's actually more of what I'm referring to, not the physical safety. I mean like the emotional safety of like, I come in here and I know these people are going to take care of me regardless of what's going on. They're not going to make me use load that's not appropriate. They're not going to make me go faster than is appropriate. They're going to look at me as the person who's getting ready to do this thing involving high intensity and not feel that we have to hit this arbitrary mark for no particular reason other than it was just written on the whiteboard. That's what I think is more important. And that is what I was referring to as like the larger, the larger discussion with regard to culture in the gym and, and making sure that you do take the time to make those decisions right there on the spot. Because that is worth so much emotional equity with a client that you couldn't possibly get that any other way. Like that is trust. And when you have trust, that trust supersedes virtually everything just in society. If I trust somebody, that's a big deal. You know, you think about just everything that's going on right now. Like what does everybody want? Like nobody trusts anybody or anything right now. And if you're the person doling out trust, holy shit, man. I mean, that is a big deal right now. And part of that is your understanding of intensity and how that is going to be received by a given athlete on any given day based on what they're dealing with. Yeah. And, and also giving them what they want sometimes, not what they need potentially, or what you think they need. Right. You know, that I had a conversation recently, we have someone interning and he's shadowing some of my classes and I scaled back one of the guys pretty significantly. It's a guy that likes to scale back. It's a guy that, you know, is always quote unquote, has a tweak or hurt. And 
I said, you know, the alternative to me scaling back that much is him not being here at all. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to go to a globo gym. He's going to stay home on his couch. So, I, I give you another example. And, and, I'm, and I'm giving these examples because these are real examples in my gym, not to pat myself on the back, but, but because I know almost every affiliate owner that is, has an affiliate has these members in their gym. We had another guy come. He's retired, right? He's a young guy. He's like, I think he just turned 50. He just sold his business. Like, he's good. Like, he's just retired, like, doesn't know what to do with his time. But he had a pretty severe foot injury, like, had like part of his foot lopped off as a kid and he's been dealing with problems or whatever. And he came in and Cassie and I were working with him on a squat and, and, and just taking the time and, and just expressing to him. And they'd be like, listen, bro, there's no hurry here. I don't actually care how much you back squat. There's some other things we got to address. He's driving on the parking lot the other day and he stops because I'm like diddling in the back of my truck, like trying to fix something. Diddling? Is that what you were yeah, doing? In the back did, of I was diddling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just like the word diddling, but the, um, but he stops. He's like, Hey man, he's like, I, uh, he's like, I ran like a hundred yards the other day. He's like, I don't even know when the last time I did that was, but he's like, but I almost cried. Not he cause he was happiness. in happiness. Yeah. In happiness. And this is like, this is not like a, this is a tough dude. Like, I mean, this is not a guy that you're like, he's just like going to tell you that he almost cried, but he was just like, I almost cried. He's like, I literally didn't know what to do. He was like, thank you guys. And I'm like, thank you. You know, thank you for listening, right? Like, thank you for like being coachable so that we could like have this exchange right now. Like that's a big deal. So that's the kind of things that we want to get people to understand is, is like, yes, we want to get people on target, but the person is more important than the stimulus, right? Now let's talk about the tactical aspect of that. So I think that probably covers the culture. Let me ask you before you, before you change topics, did you see that message? I wasn't sure if it was you that responded <laughs> with the answer good um, in Instagram to that woman, Kat, the coach, Kat. Oh, I, assume, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I go back and forth to her a lot, though. Yeah, she's a good person. And she kind of came up with something unique. I'm interested to, I don't know if you actually read this far back into the exchange, but she gave out red, yellow, and green bracelets to her members post-COVID. Oh, and no, I didn't go back that through. I didn't yeah. see that. And that's why it's funny that you just wrote back good because you responded <laughs> to just the last thing she said, but not this huge, actually important well, thing she said. That's, pro- that's probably okay because I do talk to her like via DM, like on the regular. So I think she knows I probably just read that portion of it because I, I forget what was the last part. It was just like, she, she, I go read. she was referring to the programming portion and then she said right. she listened. Yeah. That's what I was referring to. I was like, good. <laughs> and just for everybody listening, if you do write to us on best hour, we are both in there. So make sure you, if it's, if it's meant to be addressed to one of us, it helps if you do address us. But anyway, she came up with that idea of the bracelets, which I thought it was a pretty cool idea. Like, I don't know if it's great. So the brace, the bracelets are for like, basically, how are you feeling? Right. It's, it's almost like the, uh, Brazilian steakhouse, if you will. Oh yeah. Stop. stop. No more meat. No more, no more meat. (laughs) I think that's interesting. I think that is, I think, the downfall to that is that aspect that you are referring to in the beginning. Like there are days I walk into the box and I would have slapped on a red bracelet, but by the time I'm warmed up moving, maybe I would have switched to yellow or green. So, so long as you can maybe make that adjustment. That's that's most days now. And I'm like, I'm going to crush this in the middle of the work. I'm like, red, 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 (laughs) red. Get me my red bracelet. (laughs) 
Um, no, but I thought it was, Hey, I think if you try something like that, it's, it's cool. I, you know, I think what you're basically getting rid of is, Hey, talk to the coach prior to class. Right. But that's probably a little bit of an easier way to bypass any embarrassment you might feel like, Hey coach, I'm here. I just kind of want to go easy, which you obviously picked up on this morning with the soccer mom, but this is just a preemptive way to be like, it's one of those days. Let me just move today. Yeah. And, 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 and the point is like good on cap for doing that and, and good on any of you that are doing something that looks like that, because it goes back to, you know, what, like, how do you be the greatest coach ever care, care, care like that, that care that shows that I care that I'm interested and I'm just trying to figure out like, what's the best means of doing that. So, um, all right. So here's where I think it, it could be valuable. It's like shifting gears and talking about some more of the tactical things that I can do inside the 60 minute window. There are not all of these like touchy feely deals, which is super important. And the first one is the whiteboard brief. And I think Todd has said this, and I think we referenced it before. What you emphasize is what gets emphasized in the, in the whiteboard brief. You know, so yes, we have measurable metrics within CrossFit and the weights and the rep schemes are, are what make it what it is because it's measurable, observable, repeatable. However, going back to like, that doesn't necessarily mean that I need to emphasize those things, right? So there is a middle ground where it could be like, don't talk about it at all versus I'm just not going to emphasize it. What am I going to put the focus on? So imagine like, you know, you've got a flashlight and I'm gonna like, I'm going to put the flashlight on something specific in this workout, which is here's what should happen, right? Whether that be time or rounds or reps or whatever it may be. And that's the first place that you would start, I think, to effectively get people on target. Number one, because it's the intro. It's the first thing that we discuss. It's now the forefront of, of, of the class and what we're all literally here for. So just telling them that, like, guys, here is the stimulus. Here's what that should look like. The second thing you can do is unpack that a little bit and then what that would actually look like in practical application of, of the workout. And again, like it kind of explaining them to them, like, you know, if you are going to do, I'm trying to think of something like I'll use the workout we had today, which is if you're going to get four to six rounds. So the workout was 15 minute AMRAP, 30 double unders, 20 dumbbell snatch, and then 10 weighted step ups. If you are going to get four to six rounds, for the most part, the 20 dumbbell snatches need to be unbroken, right? So that would be another way to kind of like, hey, guys, the, the stimulus is four to six rounds. Here's what that should look like. The double unders, 45 seconds on the long end. Like you should not be there for two minutes on the double unders. And then the weighted step ups is like move consistently. So right there, I've told them what the target is, but now I've told them how to get to the target. And then deductive reasoning kicks in for most people, which is like, as we go through the warm up, which are some other tactical things I can do, highlighting these things that may or may not be happening that we've already discussed. But I think it starts with the whiteboard brief. I mean, I think the whiteboard brief could potentially be the most important five minutes in, in class because it sets the intention for people. It kind of is like, okay, you're here now, like you're done with work or family or it's first thing in the morning. Here's the intention. You know, going off of that, I would I would throw on one or two more things, and I'm sure we'll dive into it. You know, one thing there would be obviously you're going for four to six rounds. You know, first round, I need you to look up at the clock, and you need to be under three minutes. Right. right? And obviously, at that point, you're already in the middle of it. You know, it's afterwards. And then we can, we can, if I'm bouncing around too much, but 
one thing I'm very fond of is, you know, what I refer to as like a watt buildup. All right, guys. Mm-hmm. So what was it? 30, 20, 10. We're going to do 20, thir- 30 singles. Then you're going to do 20 light dumbbell snatches. And then you're going to do 10 uh, body weight step ups. How long did that take you? Right. Because mm-hmm. now at least you have a reference point and you could do that almost first thing in the class. Yeah. I mean, because you start, I mean, we started there. And so, but to go back one step before that, when you're talking about the, like how long the round should take you, something else to reference in there is, again, this is the beauty of being a CrossFit coach is you probably should have done some variation of the work and have a really good grasp of that is mentioned some other things in there too, which is if it, and this is worth just looking at, I look at it all the time now. So I'm just constantly aware of total volume. It's just like one of the first things I look at in a given workout. Like what is the total number here? And this is the way I can get people into the stimulus, which is, okay, guys, if we're going to do four to six rounds of this, right? In that workout, and there's 20 dumbbell snatches, I need you to pick a weight that's appropriate for 120 dumbbell snatches if that's where you plan to go. And that is one of the most effective means of getting people's eyes to pop out of their head. They're like, I totally didn't think about that. And I'm like, I know you didn't. That's why I just told you. And immediately they come down 15 pounds on the dumbbells, which is where they should be. Yeah. A good place for that is often like pull-ups. All right. There's only nine in a round. Uh, We're doing 10 rounds. So you can, you do 90 (laughs) pull-ups, right? They're like, no, "No, I can't. You're like, okay. For like, so just picking those things out, like you can do it on loading, you can do it on gymnastics movements, but it it is worth exploring and doing a little bit of kind of like anecdotal testing there. It's just like, if I do highlight total volume, do people make better decisions? And the answer is typically yes. They typically make better decisions because they're not thinking about it. Crossfitters are the worst. They only think about round one. That's it. If it's five, if it's 10 rounds, if it's five, they're like, I could do that. I'm like, I'm not worried about round one. I've like round one is never the problem. I'm worried about round 10. Yeah. Oh, I did it in under three minutes. Cool. That was your first round. You have 12 right, more yeah, minutes. We said, we said average of three minutes, which yes. is on average, you're going to lose about 35 seconds around, which means this three minute round is now six minutes. So and by the way, you didn't have any weight in your hand. <laughs> exactly. So th- that was the other way place I was going to go with that is letting people know that on the front, like the difference in pacing from round to round, which is like, yes, we need to be doing sub three minute rounds, but your first round should be two minutes. If you're at three minutes on round one and we're trying to hit the stimulus, you will immediately be behind in round two, which means it's not appropriate. So again, thinking about more along the lines of like, how would this workout unfold if it was done correctly and use your experience as an athlete and as a coach to kind of paint that picture so that people are like, you know, so we talked about it's just the Jedi mind trick. Be like, this is not the weight that you're looking for. And they're like, it's definitely not the weight that I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, and we did a workout yesterday that was seven rounds, 200 meter row, um, eight dumbbell hang squat leans. And actually I said the same thing. I was like, look, keep in mind there's 56 of these. One, one thing I always like to joke when I'm taking class, not when I'm coaching, I'm like, all right, guys, remember this workout is one on the first row. That's a James Hobart thing. It's just like everybody, if you go super fast in round one, it'll work out for you. Yeah. I always like, typically no one bites on that, but once in a while I get a really like from a new person, I'm like, no, don't go no, don't do that. Do not listen don't to do me. But yeah, it's, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll make joke right before three, two, one. I'll just, I'll just tell everybody, all right, everybody go fast and don't get tired. That's my best strategy. And they're like, yeah. what? My, um, or 
how do I, how do I get a better time? Like, well, you need to be better. Really? That's yeah, what it comes just, down to. Just go faster. <laughs> but I always love people that do go out the gate, especially like on an assault bike workout where it's like, you just made a colossal mistake. So we can kind of do this in the order of a lesson plan, right? So let's move to the general warmups. Or, okay. Well, no, we could we could skip the general warm up. There, you know, basically this general warm up is where we kind of see where everybody's headspace is at. But they want to get to the specific warm up where you can also help people make good decisions. Is you should have enough time to get reps on people like eyeballs, like controlled reps, where I call the reps because you know let's just use some another a different movement just for the sake of expanding this conversation let's just say you're doing a push jerk and so we go through some pvc pipe work and then we get everybody a barbell and we're going to do some push jerks and let's just make it up let's just say it's 12 push jerks per round and i'm controlling the reps and i'm and this is an empty barbell so we're going ready go boom stand reset and we do eight collectively as a group and people are like oh oh my god this is so terrible and i'm like well that's great because that's an empty barbell and you have to do four more than that for six rounds so choose your weights appropriately. And they're like, oh, that's a good point. I'm like, right. So again, not not just telling them, but exposing them to what is actually going to happen, not this fake world where they are somehow competing with Matt Frazier because they just watched a video and they're just like, you know, the, the open is a perfect, like, I can't wait for you. By the way, everybody, let us know how you feel about the changes to the open. Yes. To, the, to the CrossFit Games. Interesting things. I got that email Super last cool. night as you did. Super too. cool. Well, they yeah. announced it. So Dave put it on his uh, on his um I was uh, like, Instagram. First thing I was like, I don't understand this at all. I'm not shocked. You're like it's way over your head. <laughs> the, uh, but like, just you know, tell like, me when to work out. Right. So like we all we've all experienced that where we watch these high level athletes do the open work and they're like, I could totally keep pace with that. Like that's and then you go out there and you're like, oh that's right, I'm not Matt Frazier. So you know, do that and take care of that in the specific warm-up. Okay. Then the next thing we could do is what you've referred to is the wad buildup. And I typically like to use like a half round, my kind of threshold for length of something that would be like a prove it or test round on the high end, 90 seconds. But I typically like to have whatever they're going to do be about 60 seconds long, just long enough to like rev the, em- the engine up. And then let them come back down, take a break. But now we're probably pretty primed for the workout. Um, do you have Do you have thresholds for that, or you're just like? No, I think oftentimes I just like to let let them at least feel one round, depending on the workout. And and I tell you more for me, that's not one full round with lighter weight. Oh, I was going to say, I'd, be, or, I'd or, be so angry with you if you made me no, do no, one no. round before so we like, go. Like the workout you said, I would literally do, probably have done singles, a light dumbbell, and no weighted step-ups. Right. Just to show them, like, look how fast you can. I use the wad build-up not only to bring people back down, but to bring people up. And yeah. to show them, like, even if you're going to scale this to exactly what we did, look how fast you were able to do it. Right. That's like the go- virtual friend that they did years ago. It's like, how yeah. fast could you theoretically do PVC friend? and PVC pull PVC pull-ups. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I've been doing that a lot lately and I've gotten people to push harder than they've ever thought they could go. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, because I, a lot of people feel obligated. Like even people like who it's a safe space. They're just like, I just feel like I'm not going fast enough. And it's like, well then bring the weight down and go faster, you know? Yeah. We've or had- don't worry about it. You know? 
because of these episodes that we've been recording, I've been having a lot of these conversations at the box and just explaining to people, hey, more load isn't necessarily isn't necessarily more intensity. No, it could yet, be less. Yesterday, instances. all but one girl scaled the workout, including myself. And that was because I was like, I want you to go unbroken and I want you to go hard. You said it, you said including yourself like that was shocking. It was a little surprising. <laughs> I mean, I went in there with the intention of going RX. It was it was seven rounds. I scaled an assault bike workout. It was just the salt bike. Like there was nothing else. Like in the midst of 40 calories, I was like, I can't deal with this. Like I, I physically and emotionally cannot tolerate what's happening to me right now. Yeah. And just understanding intensity. It was seven rounds, 200 meter row, eight dumbbell, hang squat clean at 50, 35. And I was like, I can do this. And I'm going to go probably four and four and rest. And I was like, rather that. Let me go a little harder on the road. Let me go unbroken on the dumbbells, which is what I would have and what I did tell class to do. So I, I was I was happy with that. But then at the end, only one person wanted to go. And it was important. And everybody got a, a way uh, better workout. I was going to say, probably nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one thing to throw on there is hitting your own workouts. So you know what, because a lot of times you're like, oh, that won't be bad. And then all of a sudden, during the middle of a row dumbbell hang squat clean workout, you're like, okay, this is redundant. Like I'm pulling and my grip is getting tired and maybe something you would not have considered mm -hmm. beforehand. So part of the understanding, getting your members to understand the stimulus is you doing the workouts. And I would say 90% of the time I hit the workout before I coach it. The only time that doesn't happen is if I happen to be taking a rest day in coaching, but never because I'm not doing the same programming as the members only if yeah. it falls on a rest day. Yeah. Which I think everybody should do, which kind of addresses the people want to do their own thing. Uh, and I just, I don't think it's, I think it makes you a less effective coach unless you've just got so much training underneath your belt and so much experience coaching athletes that you, you know, I'm talking thousands of hours that you just have the skill set. You have the experience to know better, you know, the difference between your capacity, other people's capacity and, and, and typically how this is going to unfold. <clears throat> yeah, the for other sure. And which we both have, but I can tell you going in yesterday, had I not done the workout, I would have encouraged a few of the people to go RX and it wasn't just how the workout felt, but it was also, I've done the same workouts with you on Monday and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So I know how my body's feeling. Right. And, and even with all of that experience, you can still get it wrong because of the infinite nature of CrossFit workouts, but just like subtle tweaks and changes change the whole stimulus. So even with all experience, you could still miss the mark and put people in a bad position. And here's the problem with that, which I don't think people understand. If I give a stimulus in the middle of the workout brief and nobody hits the stimulus in the workout, I don't, we couldn't measure it, but I've just lost credibility as a coach. That trust that I was referring to earlier, gone. They're like this dude doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. So now the last place that you can kind of help people do this is, and I typically like round one for me is, you know, assuming we've done everything else, we've given a good whiteboard brief. We got a good general warm up. I got reps on people during the specific warm up. We did a test round. Now, three, two, one, go happens, game time, everything is live. This is when I kind of like, I, I imagine myself as like Chuck Carswell. And I just am casually kind of walking around the room. I'm not worried about 
breakdown in technique at this point. I'm kind of walking around watching people's pacing and doing the chuck car. And when I say the chuck car as well, just like casually walking by and whispering in somebody's ear, like you should speed up a little bit or you might want to slow down. Okay. And then helping them manage that so that they can be aware of the, the three, two, one go, which is 30 minute AMRAP. And they went out as if it was six minutes long. And I'm like, that's not going to work out. So helping them manage that and realize that because they're not looking at that. They're just going through round one. And sometimes you can do it as a group. Like you just see everybody just light themselves on fire and just go. And then 60 seconds in, you just kind of yell up, be like, one minute in and they're like oh shit we've all made a poor decision and again this is kind of like helping them along the way and they're um, you'll see immediately everybody will just throttle back and they'll be like okay i've that was i've just made a super poor decision and hopefully i can rein that back in over the next whatever minutes and left in this workout and then after that then it's just kind of like now i need to get in there i need to make sure people move well throughout the workout i need to check in on my one or two people that we may need to make some game time audibles that are going on. They're like, Hey, I didn't see this for whatever reason, but let's change it right now. And those are things you need to not be afraid of as a coach. No, both you're going too heavy or you're going too light because right. I think we forget being done in six minutes when the stimulus was eight to 12 is also a mistake. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yesterday, for example, that same workout, I have a girl whose knees bothering her, so she couldn't squat. So I had her do dumbbell power cleans, but I then had her do more rounds because I knew it was going to be significantly faster. So, you know, you have to, yeah. And I think that's, but sometimes you may not pick that up ahead of time and you might say, Hey, do an eighth round or do a ninth round, like, or go lighter, go heavier. So those are things you, you can't be afraid as a coach to make an audible. And, Again, I think oftentimes we're like, oh man, they're going to be mad. I'm taking weight off their bar. More often than not, you're going to get the reaction from the soccer mom of thank you. Right. And we could put all the preemptive things in place and it still will not cover every scenario. And this is where I like to tell my coaches, I'm like, don't ride a bad idea. If it's a bad idea, it's a bad idea. It's going to be a worse idea in eight minutes. If it's currently a bad idea right now, it's going to be worse in eight minutes. So let's change it. And again, this is where you can really, again, get some equity with regard to your clients and just be okay with that. If it's a bad idea, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea for a lot of reasons. And uh, going back to what uh, I I think Pat Barber yeah, he made a post earlier, which is, you know, make sure things end when they're supposed to. He was like taking some stuff out of the CrossFit Kids course because if I let this bad idea unfold, like just unabated, now we have this awkward scenario where everybody's done and we're waiting on Johnny to finish. And that in turn is not a great experience for everybody else. It's not, it's super or for awkward. Johnny. Or for Johnny, it's super awkward for everybody involved. And that is what we're trying to avoid. I like to call them pain points. I'm trying to eliminate any pain point with the exception of the actual piece of fitness that we're going to do from the experience. And when everybody's waiting on this person because they have botched the stimulus, because I let them botch the stimulus, 
that is a pain point for everybody else involved. It throws everything off. It's awkward. We didn't get to do a cool down. I didn't, I didn't get to have those conversations at the end. Everybody's waiting around. We couldn't clean up on time. The next class is late. All those things happen because I didn't make that decision because I hesitated. It's, so just like, make the decision. I, I love the awkward, like I'm cleaning up my stuff, but I do a random, like you got this. <laughs> keep going I, I see people doing that and like it's so disingenuous like i know you're trying to be a good person right but it's like if you really cared you would not put your stuff away you know you'd stand six feet away if you're uncomfortable <laughs> and you cheer them on but it's like nothing is worse when you're cleaning up and you throw out a random like yeah keep going but the question is like is that because they are, are just not paying attention or because this, this goat rope is unfolding. Like we, cause I, because we have to clean up and you're still in round two of round five. Yeah. I think if everyone hit the stimulus, the people that did finish first would probably still be collecting themselves for sure. While the last person's fit, you know, maybe they're starting to get up, but they're certainly not, you know, we've all coached a, an ineffective class where it's like, you realize you're going to run over because one person is still, yeah. and, and let's also be clear. You can take the best intentions and do everything right. And somebody will ultimately mess up. And, and I think that's why at times time caps are okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're relying on that time cap day in and day out, it should be like, that's a last ditch. Hey, time's up. Running at yeah, that's minutes. the ejection cord. That's not yeah. like normal operating procedure. That's not like eight of you are still going. <laughs> right. That's one person that didn't listen to me, right? Or or truly made a mistake. Right. It happens. Right. Yeah. It. But it, it should. It should be the exception, not the norm. It should exactly. be the exception, not the norm. Exactly. So I I think that's a, a some some good stuff in there to help people help their client or help coaches help their members get to the stimulus and. And then reinforce it at the end. That's the, that's the last thing is there in the cool down, like reinforce good decisions be like, Hey, I think that was a fantastic weight. You're moving at the exact right pace. You nailed it right in the stimulus and which is where we wanted to be. So I think that reinforcement again, helps build that trust that you know what you're talking about and that you're supremely confident to get them there. You could do that once or twice, three times. People will just listen to whatever you say. They will not fight you anymore. And that's where you want to get as a coach is like, just trust me on this one. Like I'm going to take care of you. I have your best interest at heart. Absolutely. All right. Well, hopefully that helps people preserve the intended stimulus. Again, that's just kind of jargon that we hear at the level one and level two, but there's actually a lot of skill to making that happen. So continuing on, on our series of intensity, as always, Fern Ackerman for best hour of their day. If you have any questions, email us best hour of their day at gmail.com or shoot us a DM at best hour of their day. All good firm. See you next time. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.